This podcast is brought to you by the Specialty Produce Network. Welcome to Plated Earth, where we share at least a fraction of the crazy, wonderful, and insightful stories of produce. I'm your host, JJ. Plated Earth is also the official podcast of the Specialty Produce app. Please show your support for us and Specialty Produce by downloading the app and exploring one of the globe's most comprehensive fresh food databases. Now grab a snack and get ready for Food Fables. Dimitri has always had a love affair with food and nature. There's a reason why the farmers and market goers at the original farmer's market in Los Angeles lovingly call him Papa Earth. He's nurturing, worldly, fascinated by food, and completely infatuated with Mother Earth. Growing up working in his parents' many restaurants across the globe, he fell in love with each dish for its unique richness in history, culture, stories, memories, oh, and of course, flavor. Dimitri was frozen in a memory as he sat at the edge of the community tables, watching a young child hand a red apple to another, both of their cheeks as flushed as a peach. He saw himself as a young boy as his family was readying to move from Malaysia to the Philippines, a new restaurant adventure on the horizon, but this was the first time that he did not want to go. Dimitri came back into the present after a friendly shiver danced down his spine from the memory. It jumped him up out of his seat, his pointer finger extended up in the air, signaling the imaginary light bulb blinking above him. He hurried away from the community tables, disappearing behind the farm stalls, as some of the market goers jokingly checked beneath the table to see if Dimitri had in fact jumped right out of his shoes. A few moments later, Dimitri returned with a small basket filled with a few shiny, brown, strawberry-sized, fig-shaped fruits. Dimitri stood above the tables, holding the basket with both hands in front of his chest. Dimitri whispered. His face came to life like a cartoon, with eyebrows jumping, eyes popping, lips opening into a surprised O as he pulled the basket up and leaned against it with his ear. What's in there? the kids asked eagerly. Dimitri lowered the basket just below his chin, peered inside, then looked out at the crowd then back into the basket again. The kids bounced on their tippy-toes, palms pressed on the table as they leaned forward. Dimitri finally winked, set the basket on the table, and slid it toward the center. The kids jumped back briefly. Is that a snake? they asked, before their curiosity pulled them forward once more. Snake egg? one kid said, nearly climbing onto the table for a closer look. Dimitri reached out and pulled a fruit from the basket, holding it up, its reddish-brown scales shining in the sunlight. Snake fruit, he said with a wink. Whoa, I've never seen that before, many of the kids chimed. I saw it for the first time myself when I was about your age. I was helping my parents pack as we were getting ready to move once again. Why are you pouting, my mother asked me, as she lovingly held my chin up so she could see my pout in its totality. I sighed and shrugged my shoulders letting my chin take all of the weight of my head so that it forced her hand down and away. Ah, 
Have you said goodbye to your little neighbor friend? Is that it? I had not, because I did not want to say goodbye. But I said nothing, just rolled my chin back and forth over my chest. My mother patted the back of my head as she stood to leave the room. She returned a few minutes later and held one of these fruits out in front of my chest so I could see it with my sunken gaze. My head popped up, and I reached to grab it, but she pulled it back, holding up her pointer finger, signaling for me to be patient. I sat upright as she pulled a second fruit from behind her back, holding them both out on her palms. This is Salak. It's an Indonesian fruit. It's nicknamed snake fruit because of its cobra-like scales, you see? But it has another nickname, too. The fruit of memory. She handed me one of the fruits, which I cupped in both hands, holding it up to see the scales shine in different angles of light. It's called the fruit of memory in Indonesia because it is rich in potassium and pectin, both important nutrients for brain health and development. She pointed to my eyes, then to her own, which was her sign for me to watch and copy. She pinched the tip of the fruit, caving in the skin. Dimitri paused, pointing to the crowd, then back to him with a wink. He pinched the tip of the fruit, broke off the tip, and began peeling away against the grain of the scales to reveal the yellow-white flesh underneath. Different members of the crowd pulled the remaining fruits from the basket and did the same. Dimitri lifted a segment, like a large clove of garlic, up to the crowd as he continued. My mother and I held up pieces to cheers. Eat this now and you will remember this place, this time, this feeling. But as I lifted the piece to my mouth, she stopped me. She gave me her fruit. Again, I cupped my hands together to hold all of the pieces, and she held my hands supportively from below. For you and our sweet neighbor girl to remember each other by. My mother winked at me, then kissed me on my forehead. My cheeks were as blushed as a peach as I hurried over to give this fruit to my first crush, who to this day I remember with clarity, with joy. Dimitri smiled to himself for just a moment, slightly lowering the fruit segment in his hand as he fell inward into that memory one more time. Then, relifting the fruit, he said, for you all to remember me by, sealed with a classic Dimitri wink. Mindful of the seed, everyone took a bite, buzzing with reactions to the apple-like juicy and crisp texture and the sweet tart flavor, a blend of honey, banana, apple, and pineapple, with an acidic zing at the end. Dimitri finally took a seat, soaking in the liveliness of this new memory, people coming together over food, over its history, its culture, and its legends. As the crowd quieted, Dimitri began again. Still, there's more tradition and mystery inside this humble fruit, a local favorite in its native lands, and now throughout Southeast Asia. On the island of Java, traditional dancers whip themselves into a trance and then stomp upon or lick the spiked leaves of the snakefruit palm tree to demonstrate their immunity to pain. In Thailand, there's a traditional local delicacy made of snake fruit, its seeds removed, soaked in a sweet syrup called sala loi kayo, the word sala being their name for snake fruit. As for its mystery, the snake fruit, properly named salak, shares its name with a mountain in West Java of Indonesia, Mount Salak. 
though some believe that the name was derived from the Sanskrit word salaka, meaning silver, many others, myself included, share a popular belief that the name salak was derived from this tropical fruit with scaly skin, which holds great power of memory, just like the haunted mountain of salak. Dimitri popped another crisp, juicy, sweet tart segment into his mouth, chewing slowly and contently. Then, as always, with a wipe of his napkin across his lips, like a curtain unveiling the opening act, Dimitri began his story. Dimitri spoke. Out of the many places in Indonesia that claim to be haunted, Mount Salak has swallowed the greatest number of mysteriously lost souls to date. The Bermuda Triangle of Southeast Asia, seven unexplained air crashes in the past decade alone, with planes that suddenly and inexplicably lost contact with control towers. Locals say that there is a mysterious magnetic field that comes from the magical activities within the mountain, which can cause a plane to crash, or even birds that pass to drop from the sky. Though not as tall as most mountains in Java, to conquer Mount Salak is considered the most daunting task, even to experienced hikers. Many mountain climbers have tried climbing to its top, only to mysteriously disappear, as if into the mountain itself. Many of those who do survive tell horrific tales of walking around in circles for hours, lost in the dense forest, disoriented by sights and sounds they cannot explain, like distant memories fading in and out of consciousness, bringing goosebumps to the back of your neck whispering in your ear, could this be real? Sightings of multiple tigers circling their camp. Sightings of a strange wild boar-like creature the size of a truck or a golden half-horse snake. And sounds of a woman crying or praying. Tradition tells that this haunted nature is because Mount Salak holds the great memory of ancient king Zilawangi, the final ruler of the Hindu Sunda kingdom, prior to the coming of Islam in West Java. As the legend goes, King Zilawangi lived in Bogor, the city on the northern base of the mountain. News came that invading Muslim forces had sacked the capital of Pakuan, just north of Bogor, and were headed south. King Zilawangi, the last king of Sunda, refused to convert to Islam, Yet he also refused to fight the invading Muslim forces, since the sultan was his own kin. And so, accompanied by his faithful soldiers, King Zilawangi retreated to Mount Salak to avoid further bloodshed, and disappeared somewhere on the mountain. Legend claims that they transformed into tigers to guard the Sundanese land, and that those who fall victim to the mountain caused anger to its watchmen or were perhaps recruited to join the force of protecting the very memory of human life, kept secret within the dense forests of the mountain. Each soul that vanishes into Mount Salak only adds to its depth of mystery and memory. Memories of war, of tragedy, of sacrifice, of divinity. Some say that saved within Mount Salak is the very secret of life a memory of the origin of humankind. A temple was built in Bogor to honor King Zilawangi, and like the Salak fruit, 
It serves as a tool for remembering. So it is no wonder that the fruit of memory should share its name with the mountain of mystery, where brave and curious souls continue to seek the challenge of hiking to the top, ever pursuant of answers to the mystery of life. The End Well, folks, that concludes this week's episode. Tune in next time for the latest food buzz. And remember, cauliflower is nothing but a cabbage with a college education. We'll catch you next time. 